People Talking People is a part of the Wonder Barn Podcast Network. You can check out all our other podcasts on travel, yoga, health, and business over at wonderbarn.com. That's W-A-N-D-E-R-B-A-R-N.com. Hi, Jen. Do you want to tell people what we're talking about today? I'd love to. I'm sitting here trying, holding my breath, trying so hard not to laugh because I'm staring at your face as, as we're sitting here silently. Um, we're talking about silence today, Randallin, and I'm pretty excited about it. Are you going to tell us why you're excited or should we just like the rest, the whole, the next 30 minutes, this is a silent podcast. I know. I think we should like really test people today. And I'm sure we already have because here's the deal. In just those, I mean, frankly, that wasn't even very long. Just those few ticks of sporadic silence in weird spots. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable. It makes people like wonder what's going on. Is there technology problems? What's happening? I wish I could see their faces. There's all these things running through their heads. So yeah, we're going to talk about silence today. And Although we are going to touch on a little bit of that, why is it uncomfortable? And there's probably a lot of obvious reasons for that, but why do people like it, dislike it, et cetera? Um, we're just going to talk about the value that it brings. And we're going to give some sort of tactical, specific examples of times where you could start using a little bit more silence and basically just why that will be of benefit to you. Um, I was doing just a little bit of reading this morning and for some reason this, the sound of silence was just top of mind for me, but I had read this article very specifically about, um, excuse me, um, Microsoft. It was just like a literally a weird, quirky, little known fact. And Microsoft has one, has the world's quietest uh, room. It's, it's in Redmond at like their headquarters. And I don't know the reason why they created it. I'm sure it has something to do with testing or something along those lines, because it's more like a lab based, but it is so silent there, like below the kind of threshold of decibels that is for normal human hearing that it makes people literally feel weird when they walk into that room, like their whole body changes. Um, there's like this deafening, almost like starts to get ringing of the ears. If you can imagine, like it's so quiet that you're like hearing a ringing within your ears itself. And it's so quiet. They say that like people can literally like turn their head and hear the sound of their head moving. I mean, I can't even fathom that level of silence. It's just fascinating to me. Isn't that fascinating? I want to go. I know. I right? just to know what it would feel like. I can't even, because I, as I was reading that, I was thinking to myself, you know, I have been in situations where it's been so quiet where you can kind of almost hear like that ringing in your ear. Like I've heard that before. Um, but the, the idea of being able to like turn your head and like, you can almost just like feel like you're in the matrix or something, you know, it's like this, you see this like line moving as your chin moves <laughs> and just almost like feel that within your body because it's so quiet. That's just fascinating to me. And, and I can't even imagine how with time, like if you were in that space for 10 minutes or something, I just, it would just be unfathomable how weird you would feel. And I could see how it would really play some mental head games and, you know, really kind of test your thoughts. And because if you and I were to just sit here for a minute and say, okay, like we're going to turn off everything. We're going to be as silent as we can, which would mean shutting down computers because even computers make noise. Like, you know, go in a space where you can be quiet. 
sit with your clock and just listen to the ticks of your clock, you know, for like one minute, that would feel like the longest minute of your life. I mean, it truly would just feel like the longest minute of your life. Like, wow, I didn't realize how long a minute actually is when you're sitting silently listening to the tick and there's, there's no other noise. So anyways, that's what we're going to be talking about today is this thing about silence and we're just going to dive right in. So before we get too started, what are your kind of just thoughts on this topic? Why do you even think this is interesting? No, I love silence. I have another podcast um, that I was have started and not done a super good job with, but ideally it would be publishing episodes weekly. But one of the things I did talk about on there before I kind of fell off the bandwagon with that podcast was silence. I think silence is and a very underrated tool people can use for a lot of different things, specifically the context I talk about it on the other podcast in is like creatively. Um, The reality is we live in a very loud world. Like there is always background noise. There's always something happening, someone talking, music playing, podcasts, fans, like there's sound everywhere. And we don't frequently let ourselves sit with silence because it does make us uncomfortable. Um, So one of the things I talk about is like finding comfort in that like tension. And I think it is a tension because we, it's not something that we are like familiar enough with to be comfortable with. Um, But when we can kind of fight through that tension, I think we learn a lot about ourselves. We learn a lot about, kind of like our own thoughts because I don't think we're alone with our own thoughts enough in such a loud world to be able to fully understand what we think and how we think and why we think certain things um, because there's always something else there that's like populating and distracting us. Yeah, I'm, I think that everything you just mentioned is all the more reason I'm excited to dive in and talk about this today. Um, and I think it's funny that you, it was a topic of something that you are going to be talking about in your other podcast, or you have talked about in your other podcast. So good. I'm, I'm loving that. Okay. So you already mentioned some of this, but I think we'll just expand on this slightly before we kind of dive in, which is just around the, the why is, is it so uncomfortable? And I do think it varies a lot from person to person. And I know that there is some scientific reasoning and psychological reasoning, but here we are just two people talking people, right? So we're not going to be real scientific or technical here. (laughs) So why is silence so hard and uncomfortable for so many people? So I want to use myself as an example to kind of talk about this a little bit. As a coach, you have to get really comfortable with silence. And one of the main reasons why is because you need to be able to listen and really actively listen to what other people are saying. As human beings and people, the vast majority of us are not very good active listeners. You know, we, we can hear what people are saying. We can even possibly hear what people are saying and repeat what they're saying, but we're not necessarily hearing and really like internalizing it possibly extrapolating what's going on, empathizing with the individual. We're not really, really deeply, deeply, deeply connecting with what they're saying. They're, we're just hearing the, the actual words, I'm going to the store, you know, whatever. We're just hearing the actual words that are coming out. So there is a big difference between hearing and listening. And in order to be a really strong listener and use some of those active listening skills, 
you really have to be comfortable with that silence because what often happens, and it even happens in a podcast as you and I are talking, I might be talking, I might even just like take a quick breath. And in that moment when I'm taking a breath, you're jumping in because you're ready to speak to all those other things that I just said. Well, hold the phone. Maybe I wasn't done, right? Um, So that is just a great example of how in just very simple, basic conversation, someone talks, we follow up. Someone talks, we follow up. And it happens so often in casual conversation naturally because like you and I, we have a relationship. I'm not going to be bothered if you cut me off a little bit because you had something really great to say or you wanted to speak to what I just said. So we have a tendency to do that just so naturally in comfortable conversation that it bleeds over also into, for example, work conversation or some of these other, other areas. So in my line of work, I have to practice that silence because I can't just jump in and ask the next question. I need to really sit with the moment and ensure that that person on the other end has truly gotten out everything that they had to get out. Uh, They just may have to think about it for a moment. And in this virtual world that we're in right now, where we're either maybe on, on the telephone more, where you literally cannot see the body language of the person on the other side, or we're on video and all we have is this little square. Like I can see your face but your hand, your foot might be tapping and your hands might be fidgeting. Like there's something else that you could be doing with your body language that would indicate to me if we were face to face that you're still thinking, but I can't necessarily tell on video. Or maybe you're like looking up into the right and that would indicate that you're thinking, but over video, it comes across like, maybe I just assume you're looking for the clock, you know? And, and so I'm missing some of those key cues to let me know to be silent. So we just then sh- jump in. Um, So I kind of just rambled a little bit all over the board there, but I think that's important because when we start to think about all the different ways that it becomes challenging for people and why it's challenging, there's just a lot of gaps of what's going on right now with our conversations and our communications. You know, we're talking more to people we're comfortable with, therefore we don't allow a lot of that silence and that pause because we've gotten into that state. So then when we shift over to people who maybe we don't have those relationships with, we sort of forget and we just pick up that same skill and we go forward. We're not truly actively listening. We're just hearing what the individual is saying. We're missing cues in body language because of the Zooms and the phone calls and all of that. So it happens very easily um, just in a daily sort of occurrence. The why being by way of the situation we're in. Like this is just kind of how it is right now. But there's more to it than that. So what do you think, Randall? And what are some other other reasons why? I have... This is something I've been challenging myself with, Jen, is finding and embracing silence in my day. Because there are times where I encounter a situation that I can either like actively listen in or even when I'm just sitting at home doing work, like I can put something on in the background or I can be fully present on what I'm working on or creating. Um, So there I have been challenging myself to get more comfortable with silence. and. It's so interesting to me because I used to be incredibly uncomfortable with silence. Um, I grew up massive family. There was always people in the house, always things going on, like surrounded by hordes of noise constantly. Uh, And when I first moved out of my parents' house and I was like on my own living in a studio apartment 
everything was silent. Like if I wasn't making noise, there was no noise. Um, and I struggled with that for so long and I finally got comfortable with it. And then I moved in with a roommate and suddenly I had background noise again. I had other people making noise. It was also just a much noisier building. So I was like, oh, there's like dogs upstairs that make noise and like all those other things. And then I moved back out on my own and now I live alone. I guess I have a puppy now, so he makes a little bit of noise, but he sleeps a lot. So I don't, I can't consistently count on him for background noise, but so I moved out and I live on my own again. And it is something that I have really been struggling with. I find myself always turning, you know, Alexa on or putting on a podcast or like even on my fan, like I'll turn my fan on some days because I just don't want silent, like true silence. Um, and so it's something that I've been challenging myself with because I think we get so wrapped up in our own heads and our own, like the stories that we tell ourselves and all of those things um, that we aren't ever incredibly present where we're at. So even when we're having conversations with people, when I do interject, when I do cut you off or whatever, I'm acknowledging that like I was not present with everything Jen said because I was thinking about the thing that I was going to say. Um, so I've been practicing this with some of my friends and it's really interesting because I'll just like let them talk and not say anything until they stop for a decent amount of time. And I can tell that it's made a few of them very uncomfortable and I lit like that's my entertainment now. I'm like, how long can I sit here and just like not say anything and wait until like she she'll like keep rambling to fill the void and fill the silence. Um, so I think it's hard for people because they don't want to they either don't know how to be present or they don't know what that looks like. Um, or they're scared of what they'll find in like the present moment. Um, but I have been challenging myself to be present now because I recognize that for me, like silence and noise is a filler and in some ways like a number. Like if I can think about the music or the podcast that I'm listening to, maybe I don't have to really feel like all the sadness that I'm feeling in that moment, or I don't have to like be as upset about something as I probably could be or should be or whatever. Um, so as I've, gone through this year and I have kind of like distracted myself from feeling other emotions. I'm like, actually I need to feel these. Like I need to understand like where I'm at and what's going on and why one off, like a one off comment by a friend, like reduced me to tears. Like that's not who I am. Like what is, ha what is happening with me? Um, so learning how to be present for people is really hard. And even like mindfulness and meditation apps, most of them are guided now, which means that there is some sort of noise happening in the silence, which is why I haven't done any of those because I'm like, no, I don't need, that's just more noise. Like it, in an attempt to be silent, it's more noise. Um, so I've just been really careful and have been practicing shutting everything off, leaving my phone someplace else, like being present in the moment. And it's kind of been scary at times where I'm like, what is this? Emo like, I don't know that I've ever felt this emotion before, but like, here it is. And I'm feeling it. And I guess it's fine. I don't know. 
I don't know if that answers your question, Jen, um, but it's just a little bit maybe of like where I come from with silence and why I'm becoming such a big advocate for it. Because I think there's so much power in it that we either don't recognize or we downplay or we want to believe that it's like not there because we're just scared of the thing that is silence. I love that share. That was just fabulous. And you said so many things in there that I think are really important to circle back to, but two that really just stand out to me, obviously presence. That was a big thing you were just mentioning within there. And I think that is such a critical key. And, and not only that, you mentioned meditation and you kind of gave some like examples of the, the apps being guided. So then here we are, we're no longer being silent, even within that. But I think meditation is an important note for people with this idea of silence. Like how can we maybe practice silence a little bit through meditation, for example. And meditation does not mean like sitting on your floor on a pillow with your legs crossed. I mean, it can, (laughs) yeah, with the pose and everything. Like, of course it can mean that, but it truly does not have to mean that. Like it could even just be sitting for a moment, closing your eyes and just trying to clear your brain. The idea is just like trying to reduce the noise, clear your brain, clear things and just kind of see what comes up. Is that a relaxing space for you? Is that a space where you can't relax because there's too much on your mind? What do you need to do then? Do you need to get out a piece of paper and write down a to-do list? Like what do you need to do to help get yourself to that space where you can clear things a little bit? Because I do believe, like you mentioned the second thing, which I thought was fabulous, which was around the numbing portion. I do believe that the more noise that there is in our head, the more it is doing that numbing. And whether that's intentional or not, and whether we're struggling with something we're trying to numb or not, it automatically will happen, right? There's all this stuff. There's a lot to do. There's a lot going on. There's stress. There's anxiety. There's there's music. There's TV. There's every, there's just, there's ping, ping, ping. There's all this stuff. And it creates a numbing effect within our head whether we want that numbing effect there or not. So I could be a very positive, happy person with no personal challenges going on in my life. And all of that noise is still numbing me to the reality of what I'm staring at around me. It's not allowing me to really um, take in the things that are super good. So I'm not even maximizing my own potential there just because there is so much noise. Okay. So I'm going to be silent for a moment, take a sip of water, but I have more I want to say. My voice is rather cracky today. So you get that moment of silence to think about me recapping Randallin's wonderful stuff. So point being, presence is really key. So when we talk about um, practicing silence, I think everything you said is the most important aspects of it. One, it's just being really, 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 truly present in that moment and allowing yourself to deeply hear what's going on, assuming you're in a conversation or to just tune everything out altogether and thinking about what does that mean to tune it out for you? Is it just sitting quietly? Is it taking a moment to reflect and like journal for a moment and get some things out of your head? Like, what does that mean to you? Because silence doesn't necessarily mean that you aren't hearing something, right? So we're talking about this power of silence by way of being really present in a conversation. It also could mean your thoughts. Like it's okay to also spend some time with your thoughts and sit down and get them out, reflect on them, but just know that there are no other distractions, right? So it's more about reducing the distractions, allowing some of the right and most helpful distractions to be around and just going with it and leaning into that, into that moment just a little bit. 
Another um, interesting example, we haven't touched on anything like this yet, but I was having a conversation with my daughter the other day. She asked me a question and I just sat there silently. And there were a couple of reasons that I was doing that. In her case, it was a question she'd like, you know, asked me like three times. So I didn't really feel like repeating myself again, but I also didn't want to say, I've already told you this three times. What did I tell you last time? I thought, well, maybe if I just sit here quietly for a minute, it'll click, right? Something will happen for her. She'll remember that she's already asked me or, you know, she will gauge something from this silence. Let's just see what happens. Sure enough, you know, five, 10 seconds go by. And of course, very short period of time because the attention span is very short there. Why are you quiet? Did you hear me? Do I need to repeat the question again? And I, then I had to say, I heard you. Just give me a minute. I'm sitting here quietly. And then 10 seconds later, okay, do you have an answer? Like just that inability for her to just wait patiently, even just for my response in that very short period of time. And I sat with that and thought about it for a while afterwards and kind of what does that mean? And how does that need, how do I need to change my dialogue with her? And is there any good lesson that I can help her glean, you know, from that situation? So we had a brief conversation about it, but it'll just be something where I think I'm going to start practicing like this almost reverse silence with her, right? Just pausing, even though it's not like she's talking and telling me something, she's asking me something and she wants a response from me. There's going to be value in her, her also having to wait for that response for a minute and, and think through her logic. And, you know, maybe she'll come up with the answer on her own. Like I want to give her that space to do it in that reverse setting a little bit too. Okay. So now I just rambled a bunch. Here we are in our silence episode, probably being more rambly than we usually are, but I really just, I like everything you're talking about being really present Um, recognizing that silence comes in a number of different ways. It could even come just within a conversation and the value of that pause, like to your point, let them fill that the space, let them have that uncomfortable, like, Oh my gosh, it's so quiet. I need to fill the space. And either they're going to recognize it's awkward and quiet and just stop talking too. And you guys might have a really big like epiphany from that, or they're going to fill the space, tell you more information and then eventually they'll say, wow, I've been talking a lot. Like, I need to stop talking. They'll, they'll probably just say something like that. And then you can go, okay, so let me recap some of the things you just said, or let's go back to some of the important points. But again, it's like you just never know what's going to come out when you give someone that, that space, that ability to, to hold that silence there. So that presence and that silence and conversation being really key. I love that. I, the first thing that I absolutely love, I love that your six-year-old daughter asked if she needed to repeat the question again. I feel like that just like speaks volumes to like you, how people can use like coaching skills in everyday life, even if they're not a coach, even if they're not actively in like a coaching role, like there are just things that can improve your relationships that come from like deep questioning, appreciative inquiry, like all of those good things that are just like applicable across the board. Like there are people skills, not coaching skills. Um, So I love that she's six and that she asked if you heard the question and if she needed to repeat it again. Um, She's, I think she's my new spirit animal, Jen. Like I I love that. Um, Anyway, the other thing that I loved is how you are like appreciating silence with her, like teaching her to appreciate that. Um, Because, and I'm noticing this with my siblings, like they're, 
there are people in their older generations that grew up without as much technology. So they had silence because technology has just enabled our ability to fill silence. <laughs> and now there are people like I got in the car with my little brother the other day and he was like, why don't you have the radio on? I was like, I don't know. Like, why? Why does it bother you? <laughs> like, It's my car. Do you want to go to practice or not? Like, You can walk. That's fine. Um, so it was just like very strange to see how uncomfortable it makes people who have been around technology that makes filling it so convenient. Like it doesn't make like, why wouldn't we have the radio on was his question or like, why wouldn't I have, you know, something on in the background? Like it's baffling to me how accustomed we are to things that like don't even phase us anymore. Like to things that were once, life-changing how we're just like oh filling silence is a part of like how we do life now um and it is it's like we look back on history and we're like wow how did they do all of these great things or come to these great realizations or like figure out gravity and it's like they sat in silence and like isaac newton stared at trees and then like an apple fell and he figured out gravity um but like he didn't do it with all of these like random thoughts and noises and distractions like bouncing around his head like he did it because he didn't have any of that and so we look back at things and we're like wow I wish we could you know make something that great or do something that impactful and like we can we just have to like put ourselves in that situation so that we have the mental space and like capacity and bandwidth to do it I I really like your example. I think that's really perfect because it's a good reminder to everyone that it's time to get a little uncomfortable and just allow yourself um, an extended period of quiet time to discover gravity. I mean, like literally to your point, like he's just sitting there and, and there may have been intention like, oh, I'm going to watch this. Like, I'm sure there's intention. Like, what am I going to discover? Or what happens if I sit here for all day and just observe things and write notes? Like we would never do that now. Like we would never do that. There's always something else that's being driven or it's like, I have a clock. I have one hour to do this activity and that's it. And then I'm off onto the next thing. So allowing ourselves to be a little bit uncomfortable and push ourselves outside of those comfort zones to try some of this new stuff is going to be where the big changes happen is going to be where you have some good self-discovery um, or other type of discovery. Uh, maybe not gravity, but you know, still great, great example, but okay. So let's, this is really good. How do you kind of practice some of this? I think you and I have touched on this a little bit. Um, but I want people to think a little bit deeper about the practice. And when I say deeper, I mean, simpler like deeper in the sense that it's a it's a simple thing here we're not talking like oh you have to do this and then you have to do this and the, it's not uh, like these like big complex schemes I want you to think to like what is something deep that you can do that's so simple it's well duh I, why didn't I think of that okay um so I'm going to tell some of the things that that I do for practicing silence and we'll go from there okay um so first of all 
One of the things that I do to practice silence is to help others in my household practice silence. See what I mean by go deeper and it's so simple. Um, (laughs) So for example, for example, when my husband um, leaves to go to work or he's just out running errands or something along those lines, he has a tendency to leave the TV on because he likes the background noise. He doesn't like the silence. He likes background noise. The second he's gone, the first thing I do is I go down, I turn the TV off immediately. Um, I create a little bit more silence within the house. And this is pretty much a habit for me. Um, I create that silence in the house. And then typically what will happen is he'll come back home and he won't instantly turn it back on anyways. You know, maybe until he actually sits down to watch some TV, he will. So it could end up being that the TV's in off all day because I took that act of when he was out of the house for 10 minutes, you know, flipping it off, turning it off, for example. So something as simple as that um, is really key. The other thing that I like to do within my workday is if I'm just having a moment where I'm feeling a little bit flustered or, you know, there's just a lot going on, something along those lines, um, I will just step away from my desk. And in my case, I literally just lay on my floor and it doesn't matter if it's hardwood or carpet. I know it sounds really strange. I kind of like lay in like the corpse pose yoga, just sort of like lay there take a couple deep breaths. Um, but it has to be that I'm like connected to the floor and I'm not sitting at my desk or my computer. And I will do that for just like five minutes. It's not even like meditation formally, but it's just something where I can just kind of be really quiet for a moment, take a couple breaths. That was really helpful for me. The other tip that I want to give, and this is maybe one of my coaching tips is um, I'm go- I'm going to cut you off only because your audio skipped and I want to make sure that we still have that for the people. So you said like a coaching tip and then it kind of cut off. So the next one is a coaching tip. So a co- what I mean when I say coaching tip is something that I use in my coaching world, which means it translates really well, probably to more of a career setting versus family. So you could try this with family or friends as well, but it's probably going to be a really good tip for like a career setting for you, which is the power of taking notes. We so often get away from that or we don't use it as a tool. Use note-taking as a tool. So if you are having a conversation with someone it's okay to sit down and take some notes. And what I will tell clients is if you need to draw a line down the middle of the paper and on the left side, take down notes of the things that they're saying that you don't want to forget that you maybe you want to go back to. And on the right side, it can be all the times that you wanted to interject and say something. So if you were having that moment where you're like, Oh, I want to jump in and say something right now, write that down. Like I wanted to say, what did you think about this? Or did you try this? Like anytime you have a moment where you wanted to say something, write it on the right side. And then use your note-taking to force the silence. So your head is down or the pen is moving so you can't talk anyways. Use that to kind of live into that silence, lean into that silence a little bit and let them just keep talking. And then when they're done, you lean down and you kind of are reading some of your notes. So again, you're forcing silence. And if you even have to, you can say, oh, I'm just reading my notes real quick, right? Like if you have to fill it a little bit, you can do a tactic like that. But it also gives them that space again to think and they might say, oh, oh, here's one more thing I forgot to say, right? More might come out in that moment. But it really just allows that time for them to get every little detail out. And then it gives you a moment to go back and kind of review some of your notes. You can look at those spots on the right were any of those things that I wanted to interject and say important? If so, great, go back to them. If not, 
line it out, line it out, line it out. And then you go look at their notes, summarize whatever it was you wanted to say, boom. You still get the conversation that you wanted into it, but they got more value because you gave them the space and that time right there. So those are kind of the things I personally practice, things like little things like turning off the TV when it's not around, laying on the ground and having some quiet time for myself when I need to. Um, and then that coaching tool of using the note-taking process to help force the silence. For me, that's really helpful. Okay. What about you, Randall? And anything else that's a favorite for you of things that you do to help practice the silence? You gave us a couple in the beginning, but anything else you want to touch on? I don't think I have anything super specific. Like I said, I've been experimenting giving some of my friends a little bit more of like pauses before I interject. And it's been really interesting because I don't think they... I think they think I'm distracted, where in reality, I'm actually more present than I was before. So then I like come back and I'm like, well, why did you do this? Or like, why, how is that making you feel? And then I ask them like deep inquisitive question and they're like, well, I don't know. I'd never thought of it like that. And they kind of like come around to like being silent. Um, but it is, it's, it's a little weird at first but I think it's incredibly helpful. And I'm not saying that I like sit there for five minutes before I answer them. Like, I don't want them to to have a grace moment and be like, did you just hear what I said? Like, do I need to repeat the question? Um, but I do, I give, you know, time to take a breath or take a drink or some, some sort of pause longer than the end of a sentence or a period to just jump in and start rambling with like my thoughts or my opinions. Um, and the other thing that I have been doing, Jen, your TV thing reminded me of this is I was pretty accustomed to like, anytime I would take my, my dog out for a walk, I would just like pop in earbuds and like listen to a podcast. Um, and one of the things that I did the other day that kind of like, because I was rushed and forgot my earbuds like happened upon, like, don't think it was intentional. Uh, I'm not like that thought, like thinking through like how I'm going to incorporate silence in my day. I just like walked out of the house without them and was like halfway on the walk. And I was like, why is this feel weird today? And I was like, oh yeah, like I don't have I'm have earbuds. Like I'm not listening to anything. And it was really, really, really uncomfortable for about five minutes after I realized that like I didn't have anything. But after about five minutes of being really awkward and like probably hypercritical of like, am I walking? Like, does it look like, I don't know. It was just the thoughts that filled my head after I realized that like I didn't have something to listen to or absolutely bizarre but after I got past those five minutes of like incredible tension of like what is happening with my life right now I was able to really appreciate and kind of work with my puppy like he's great he walks well but there are some things that he does on a leash that drive me absolutely insane and being present in that moment without something that I was like listening to or preoccupied with I was able to really work with him and that's like what he needed. He needed one day of like very intentional leash work. And now he walks like a perfect angel. And I'm like, is this all it took like 20 minutes without me having like a podcast in? Like, how can I, okay. Like what's next? Like what now, what now can I do with 21 minutes of silence? Like maybe I'll cure cancer. I don't know. Um, 
So I, I do like, I mean, it happened by chance, but I think instead of, you know, going back and getting them when I realized I didn't have them, I was just like, Oh, well, like I'll be done. Like, you know, I usually only walk them for like 20, 25 minutes. So I was like, you know, I'm like halfway done. Like it's fine. Um, and it was fine. It was more than fine. So I think instead of going out of our way to make sure that we have kind of like back pocket things we can fill silence with, like being okay if we don't. That was perfect. And I like your, your, your comment there at the end, instead of going our way to find the ways to fill the silence with, that's a good like trigger right there. When we, when I mentioned like, look for these deeper, these deeper yet simple ways, it's what you just mentioned right there. So when we find ourselves going, Hmm, like, what do I want to do? What do I want to listen to? Like, Ooh, this might be an indication that this is like a moment to lean into some silence and see what comes up. So if you find yourself saying that, allow that to be that kind of trigger to, to stop and pause yourself. Well, this has been fun. I think we could probably talk about this for another hour, but we'll kind of recap it up because you know, it's about that time. Um, but let's just kind of quickly touch on a couple of the things where maybe what you could do to practice some silence. Cause we mentioned quite a few. I actually like what you just mentioned there. Um, go on your walk without your earbuds when I was a big runner years ago, I used to intentionally not run with music just so I would like soak it up around me. And that was kind of pre when this technology stuff was crazy anyway. So I was probably a little bit ahead of my time back then, but now it's really hard for us to think about doing that because again, we've gotten in the habit, right? So go on the walk, go on the run with the silence, lean into the silence just a little bit, see what it feels like. Go on the drive with the radio off. And just see what happens. Um, be more present, even just within your drive. Are you a safer driver? Are you more aware of what's going on? Did you notice a new restaurant you didn't see on the side of the road? Like what kind of comes up there? Spend a little bit of time in your conversations, taking notes if you need to, and just kind of really practicing on listening to what the person is saying. Be present just in general, removing distractions, being really focused on those individuals that are around you, uh, turning off the TV a little bit of meditation and whatever simple form feels good for you. And that's just a few things to kind of get people started. And we'd love to hear more. If you have any more, feel free to jump over to LinkedIn and engage with us in the conversation around silence. But for the most part, that's just at least enough to get you started. And maybe we'll come back and talk about more another time. Maybe this will be a good one for in the new year as well, kicking off some new habits around silence in the new year. We'll have to come back and talk about it. But like we always say, um, thank you so much for joining us today. You can check out other podcasts on travel, yoga, health, business, and business over at wanderbarn.com. Um, you can also go in and learn more about our part podcast, wanderbarn.com, people talking people. And we really do encourage you to listen to some other shows in the network, um, especially here we are talking about silence, yoga. This would be a really good one because there's going to be some really intentional, deep thought um, you know, conversations over there. And I think that all of that is so well connected to silence that it's a good opportunity to just lean in and spend some time thinking, how can I think about this differently? Right. So again, when I'm triggered or something along those lines, how can I think about this differently? What can I go back? Um, maybe I'm not normally someone to think about meditation and I need to, maybe I'm not normally someone to think about yoga. Go listen to one of those podcasts and just see if it gives you a good idea of something that could open you up to this silence in a new new and creative way. Otherwise, that's it for us today here on People Talking People. And uh, have a good one. Be a little silent. Go have some quiet time. Turn this off. 
and go, go forth and try something new. That's it from us here at People Talking People. Have a good one. Jen, before we sign off formally, I love how we talked about silence for 40 minutes. I know, right? (laughs) We need to work on silence next time on People Talking People. Bye, guys.